0: I want to bring a message to you today, uh, continuing along the subject line of fellowship with Holy Spirit. Uh, and that, uh, I don't know where Jonathan is at um, at this point, not, oh right there, brother. Thank you. Uh, that song, man, that song is spot on for our, our journey of fellowship with Holy Spirit. I'm not saying we have to do it every week, but I'm just saying that. Type of song. There's, there's, there's. I think there's a line in, in there, right? It says, "Spirit, come in power" or something like that. And it just really speaks about that intimate fellowship with Father, with the Lord Jesus, and with Holy Spirit. So, thank you for bringing that song today. Uh, amen. And so, uh, I want to add something to that. However, fellowship of Holy Spirit and revival, and revival. Now, when you hear the word revival, a lot of you probably think back on some revival you've experienced at some point at some point in your life, right? Uh, how many of y'all have uh, experienced some kind of revival in your past? Okay, very good. And and, uh, and so some some of the things that you know conjure up in a person's brain is probably oh a tent revival, oh my gosh, yes or. Or, uh, I, and I've done, I've been in tent revivals before, and, and camp meeting, oh my gosh, camp meeting, and the revival experience at camp meeting, or, or Brownsville, or Toronto, or any of those other uh, revival movements that are in recent uh, memory, in recent history. But I think, the pro- I think that's part of the problem, is that the moment we hear the word revival, we go back. To what was because it was our latest example of what revival might be like and uh, I'm going to suggest to you that in these last days that we live there's still a revival coming and that's not just preacher talk that's some it's scripture talk but I don't think it's going to be anything like we've ever experienced before I was talking to one of my minister friends uh, a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about revival and, and he was kind of reminiscing of uh, back in the 80s and the 90s when the charismatic movement and the Pentecostal movement was really kicking off and the word of faith movement and all that. And uh, he said, you know, I'm going to go have my worship director go back and do some of those Lindell Cooley songs. Now, if you don't know who Lindell Cooley is, He was the worship leader for Brownsville at the Brownsville Revival. So he said, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to have my worship director pull up all those old Lindell Cooley songs from the Revival at Brownsville, we're going to start doing them in our church. And I went, and I love the old Lindell Cooley songs. I mean, they're fantastic. It was a fabulous revival of the time. And and I said to my friend, I said, I think we're going to make a mistake if we try to redo Something that is packaged in our memory, packaged in our minds, to go back and let's put all the right, let's put all the pieces that were in place then. Let's put them in place now, and maybe the Holy Spirit will be pleased with what we have in place, and Holy Spirit will come and pour revival out on us. Well, I don't think that's how it's going to be. Okay, um, so Second Corinthians chapter thirteen verse fourteen. That's our primary text. And I believe with all my heart, I believe that's going to be our scripture of the year for 2022. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And I shared in a message last week, you know, we all have somewhat of a grasp on what the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is all about. It. We've sung Amazing Grace. we we kind of have a grasp on that. I think we all have been taught since we were little children with flannel graphs in Sunday school that God is love, and and so we understand the love of the Father, but I, I wonder if we really understand this other third part of our relationship with Father, and that is fellowship, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, or fellowship with Holy Spirit. That's that word. Talks about communion. It talks about friendship, and I don't mean a casual acquaintance. I mean intimate friendship. We were, maybe some of you experienced it in that song as we were waiting, but we were just on the outside, looking in a little bit, sneaking into it, so to speak. Uh, John chapter sixteen, verse seven. Another powerful scripture from our Lord Jesus Christ where he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. And isn't it interesting, the prince of peace, the one who is truth, would say, y'all, I'm telling the truth. You know, if Jesus says, hey, I'm telling the truth, he's about to say something that he wants to get across to us, that this is a fact. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now that puts me a little bit on tilt because I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, I kind of like you here. I'm sure the disciples were probably saying, excuse me, we like you here. We like walking with you and, and, and sitting around the fire and, and, and you know eating tortillas or whatever they ate or flatbread. I'm not sure what they ate. Matzo crackers. Uh, this is way better. Don't go away. But listen, listen to the words of Jesus. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. You'll be better off with me in heaven where I'm supposed to be. Because if I don't go away, I can't send Holy Spirit to earth. You need Holy Spirit here on earth. I'll be watching over you, and I'll be sitting right next to Father and I'll be praying for you and interceding for you and I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you and I'll never forget you, but you need Holy Spirit with you every day of your life here on planet Earth. It's to your advantage. And yet we haven't really nurtured a relationship with Holy Spirit. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. In many churches today, the Holy Spirit is neglected, even forgotten. Um, In many so-called charismatic churches, he's held captive in a closet, maybe duct-taped, as it were. Yeah, we'll bring Holy Spirit out at special services so that we don't offend anybody on a Sunday morning. And if any of you have been to a charismatic service and you've invited one of your friends or one of your family members, there's a good possibility that you said, "Lord, please don't let anything crazy happen today." <laughs> in other words, Holy Spirit, stay in the closet today. Let me let my friend tiptoe through the tulips a little bit before he show up. Uh, I don't want that for Resurrection Life Church. Amen. Now I don't want, as my wife uses the word, wackadoodle. I don't want whack-a-doodle stuff. I believe that the expression, and the demonstration, and the manifestation of Holy Spirit is supposed to be something that's done in decency and in order, scripturally. There are a lot of things in the Pentecostal and charismatic movement that, quite frankly, aren't scriptural things happening within church services, and we wonder, where's Holy Spirit? That's because we've put him in the closet of Pentecostalism. We've we've duct-taped him with the tape of charismatics. These things must happen. These are the things that happen. When Holy Spirit shows up in his fullness... According to Scripture, the chances are more, more than likely we'll be undone and not have a clue what to do, except fall on our faces. And I know in this modern day that we live, people don't want to attend a church where everybody falls on their faces. Let's have a church service and package it up really nice and make sure there's no buzzes in the system. <laughs> Temperature's great seats are soft yeah now i'm sure there's not a church anywhere that would out and out deny the existence of holy spirit but i'm betting that there are a lot of believers in a lot of churches who can probably say that they've never truly had an experience with the recognizable move of holy spirit in their life some people probably have never had that experience And I believe it is amazing experiential moments. You know, Paul had his Damascus Road experience, right? Those moments where you just come face to face with Father, with Jesus, with Holy Spirit. And it disrupts your life and changes your mind and everything's different now. There's not a lot of people in a lot of churches who've kind of can, who can say, I've asked a lot of people, you ever had your Damascus Road experience? And then after having to explain what that is, they go, no, nah, I never had one of those. Or I, uh, I, I, even I remember years ago, you know, when the Integrity Hosanna, Chuck, the H-Tag, Integrity Hosanna CDs would come out, and I was back in the youth room over here, and, and we had the sound system in the youth room, and I'd get my music book because I was also the worship leader, and so I'm listening to, I would always listen to the listening experience of the new CD that was out, and I'd have the book in front of me, and I'd be going along with the the, the lyrics, and I can sight read, so I can kind of sing, you know, As I go, and oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit came into that room and laid me out for a few hours. Uh, I I know I've told the experience. I may have told it out here, but I couldn't get up. I couldn't walk. I couldn't barely crawl. I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't stop crying. Uh, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I was unraveled. Yeah. So that must be how the experience works. I can't tell you how many more CDs and books I've sat in a music room listening to, trying to hopefully invoke that same occasion. No. it's not how it works. The measuring rod for many churches has become... More about numbers, it's become more about attendance, become more about tithing, it's become more about growth instead of the Holy Spirit freely moving in their gatherings in such a way as to transform and change people's lives. Now, yeah, would I love to have every seat filled up? Would I, you know, we got a picture of a 700 seat sanctuary in the back room there in our staff room, you know, that. Now, you know, I'm 65, so whoever's the next pastor can do that building project, just saying. But, uh, you know, so we have that, but then is it really about filling up a 700-seat sanctuary with multi-services and all the right stuff and all the right pieces, parts, and all the bells and whistles, or is it about tapping in to the tangible, life-changing, experiential presence of Holy Spirit? That's what I want for this church, and I have no formula. If I did, you should say, you kind of got that wrong, pastor. There is no formula. The measuring route, I think, for many is misguided. Churches seem to be more interested in flashy entertainment. Uh, That kind of curbs the boredom that people have when they often go to church, many you know, I've often said one of the cool things about this church, it's hard to fall asleep. Okay, But that doesn't mean that you go, okay, Sunday, I'm going to go sit through a boring service for 90 minutes. Hopefully the pastor's not too long-winded. So what this model has done, this model of entertainment, this model of trying to curb your boredom, to uh, make sure that you coming here is a great restaurant experience is basically created a generation of self-absorbed, make-me-feel-better casual church attenders, and uh, I know that came off kind of straight, but if the shoe fits, wear it, and uh, you're here today, so I doubt you're a casual church attender. And casual church attenders typically are looking for a satisfying experience when they go to church. I want to have a good time. I want to feel a little something. I like a chili bump. I want a Pentecostal thing running up my spine. But not looking for a life-changing encounter. I'm listen. Don't nod your head at me, yes or no, or whatever. I wonder how many of you got up this morning, came to this place with anticipation of a potential life-changing experience that God has for you today. Now, call me skeptical if you like, but I doubt many of us had that in our brains. I'm going to church and it's going to be awesome! Yeah! oh, is there a life-changing experience here for me today, Lord? Please help me tap into it. I don't want to miss it. So, yeah, number one on your paper, we have missed and possibly forgotten that fellowship with Holy Spirit is as essential to the Christian life as air is to the physical life. Did you all hear me? Fellowship with Holy Spirit is as essential to the Christian life as air is to physical life, and yet we've developed a church dynamic that is not necessarily devoid of Holy Spirit but is watered down. Of a Holy Spirit experience. Now, part, part of that's not just because preachers have had misguided reasons for growth, this and that, but a, a, another part of it is because we have preconceived ideas of what that ought to look like. You go to a Pentecostal church, and they'll and we are Pentecostal, but you go to a, I mean, a serious Pentecostal church. Apparently, we're not serious about it. But anyway, you you go to, a, and they'll say, well, if there wasn't a tongue and interpretation today, God didn't show up. I mean, I have been to those kind of services. And I'm like, excuse me, how about love showed up? How about joy showed up? How about peace showed up? Huh? See, we have a wrong idea of what it's probably supposed to look like. And those are tempered by our culture and our past and so forth and so on. It's all right if I talk to you, right, and I preach a little bit. There's a huge gap between what we read and what we know in Scripture to what people are actually experiencing when they come to the house of God. Oh, I know miracles are happening. I understand that. Yeah, I, was, I got free from my depression this morning. Praise God, praise God. My backache is gone. Praise the Lord, praise God, praise God. I'm not belittling that, but to have that life-altering Damascus Road jostling my brain experience with Holy Spirit. And again, I'm not saying that every church service has to have that or somehow Holy Spirit was duct taped in the closet. In many churches, I I tell you what, you'd probably be shocked at the absence of Holy Spirit in a demonstrated, tangible way. Maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you've been to church services where you're like... (sighs) It was all right, but man, it was enough there was no power here today. And maybe the Holy Spirit is maybe occasionally mentioned in the doxology, or he's a flickering flame and a red candle hanging off in the corner, or something. And I believe that all this process is a part of the insidious devices and deception of the enemy for us to compartmentalize Holy Spirit. If he can get us to compartmentalize or or, or put in a box somehow what Holy Spirit is all about, he knows that he can cheat us out of an actual experience with Holy Spirit. A powerful time. If Satan can get the church to actually ignore Holy Spirit like many churches are, well, they say Father, Son, and Spirit, but we ain't having none of that Holy Ghost stuff around here or they're ashamed when it takes place, embarrassed when it takes place. See, Satan would love for the church to be too dignified for uh, an outpouring of his spirit to be too uh, uh, proper for an outpouring of the tangible, uh, life-changing experience of Holy Spirit he likes that get churchgoers out of an experience with God by having churches place Holy Spirit as an attachment a an attachment to the to the trinity as simply nothing more than a hanging on to the trinity instead of recognizing that it's holy spirit that the church needs most in these days here on planet earth at so many levels on so many levels and in so many ways and yet we've compartmentalized him to to an it am i preaching all right or thank you there are many people who are leaving church life today. Some are leaving church life altogether. COVID has been an instrument of the enemy to, to cause people to leave church life and to separate and to find satisfaction in that separation. I, I have teetered on both sides of that equation, recognizing that I have a number of people out there that are watching this service right now. I mean, I'll have maybe 35 or 40 on a Wednesday night and then go online and there's 25 or 30 that are online, the online congregation, but then I also kind of water the, the fertilize the plant of, eh, it's okay, just stay home. We're going to honor you. And, and, and I get that, I'm not trying to dishonor anyone, but there's something missing People are leaving church life today. Some leave and never come back. Some leave God because they're disenchanted now with the possibility of what Father God is all about because they know there must be something. Well, they've read it! There's more! Where? Well, something's missing. They've, they're not fulfilled by the entertainment anymore. The, uh, the charismatic, clever preaching, the light shows, the professional paid bands have lost their luster and to them something is missing and the problem is that it's not a something, it's a someone. This is number two, it's not something that's missing, it's someone and that someone is the Holy Spirit. And I, and I like that we have lights, I think, it's, it, I think the house of God should be beautiful I like that we have a good sound system and that we have great musicians that that give their gift to the Lord. There's not a one of them that are paid musicians. But I'm glad that they're top-notch and they're excellent in what they do. Aren't you? Right? But if we didn't have that, would that stop the flow of the Holy Spirit? It shouldn't, but it will in many churches. A church without Holy Spirit ends up operating on its own strength. And then it ends up bringing only human-sized results. You can drive up to any fast food hamburger joint and supersize your meal. Yeah, it's already this big and let's supersize it. I think that it's time to supersize, to God-size our church so we can be a dwelling place for God, for his spirit to operate in full orderly fashion and in full measure to transform and change people's lives. Supersize it. And that doesn't mean fill up all the chairs and make us have to put out more chairs oh man, I want, I want a supersized portion of God's presence. I want to come to every service and leave with my hair all messed up. That's a service right there. It's time for the church to be a place of miracles. Now wait a minute before you amen- too much because that's all good and well but the problem is is that the church has been following miracles instead of miracles following the church yeah. see the scripture doesn't say that God's people will follow after miracles it says that miracles and signs and wonders will follow after God's people so Even in this, we've kind of missed the mark. We've chased after the miracle way too long. Let's take trips to Brownsville. We'll go down there and get a little bit of what they got down there and bring it back up here to St. Louis, and we'll have the same thing here. How many of y'all remember the number of trips that uh, we took to Brownsville? Pastor Randy and I took one. I took the youth. uh, I've been, you know, many of you, what's Brownsville? It's one of the revivals that took place back in the 90s. And from all over the country, people, listen, I was from the staff ministry position. We didn't go down there to have an experience with Christ. We went down there to see what they were doing. So maybe we could come back here and do it. I came back with all kinds of Lindell Cooley songs. I did. We've sought after the miracle and we've ignored the miracle worker. We've chased after and pursued our deliverance and have neglected the deliverer. We want more of God without any more of the Holy Spirit stuff. That's uncomfortable. I want our church to, to be a, a people, because that's what church is, its people that moves in step with Holy Spirit. And I'm not by any stretch of the imagination saying, I've figured that out. But I'm certainly on that journey. Well, before 22, 2022 hits here. I want us to be moving forward in fellowship with Holy Spirit. Not just chasing after some experience, per se, but we need to live in fellowship with Holy Spirit, in fellowship with what He is doing today, not what He did yesterday. We need to be in fellowship with with him now so that we can be sensitive to his voice to know what he wants today, what he wants now, what he wants to be to establish here on planet Earth in these last days, not go back and say, oh, no, let's get all the Lindell Cooley chord charts out and sing, we will ride. No, that's not the fog hat tune. I... I I want to come to service, to church, and be astonished by what God is doing in our midst that day. I mean, astonished, amazed, awestruck. I want to leave with my eyes wide and my mouth agape. Y'all see what happened in there. Holy smokes. So we need to live in fellowship with what Holy Spirit is doing today rather than what He's done years ago. Right. We need to be astonished with what He's doing today instead of continually romanticizing the last move. Right. I have for years romanticized that moment in the youth room back there. I have war books out going, come on, this is a better song than that CD. So don't take me wrong, there's nothing wrong with remembering America has had many great revivals. I mean, just to name a few, the Great Awakenings. There was two great awakenings that took place 1734 to 1743 and then again in 1800 to 1843 where we get names like Charles Finney and Jonathan Edwards or the urban revivals of the late 1800s where another familiar name, Dwight L. Moody, was leading that. Or many may remember the Azusa Street uh, Revival that took place in 1906, which is really where the Pentecostal Charismatic Movement found its roots with uh, with William Seymour and then of course there was the word of faith and the healing revival of the 70s you know with Kenneth Hagan and Oral Roberts and and all of those like that and then the Brownsville revival of the 90s and some others at that time you know that Brownsville recorded in just two years recorded hundred thousand conversions in that time, and I love the fact that it was written in history as a hundred thousand conversions, not a hundred thousand hands, hands raised. Right. See, even in that case, we have evangelistically made it way too simple for people to think all I gotta do is raise my hand, I'm good to go. Let's count all the numbers. Where's the conversions? Where's the discipleship? So this is number three. There's nothing wrong with remembering. But our fellowship with Holy Spirit isn't a yesterday renewal. It's a present time. Today and tomorrow move of God's Spirit here on planet Earth. What's he doing today? How is he moving in these last days? Our fellowship with Holy Spirit needs to be vibrant today. Today not based on a past experience. It needs to be in step and in time with today, where we're at right now in the end of 2021 and upcoming and walking into 2022. We need to be able to sense his direction for where he wants us and what he wants us to do in real time, not in past time watching reruns, but in real time. We need to be able to hear his voice today, and we need to be able to hear that voice loud and very clear. But we have so much clutter and so many distractions and so many noises, we barely can hear Spirit, Holy Spirit at all. And our church services are filled with so much clutter and distractions and I can remember how he moved and what he spoke in the past, but what about today? Is your fellowship with Holy Spirit relying on the past, a past experience, or is it living, is it vibrant, is it breathing, is it moving and active today? That's the question I pose to all of y'all. To all of us uh, as I got to this point in my message and I'm on the last page here we're going to close here very quickly what time is it Eleven eighteen. Okay. okay um, so I can sit around I mean I, I got the sorry guys but I got the greatest wife on the planet I don't know how I managed to do that but I did and I could sit around and romanticize of how things were 35 years ago Firecracker! Hmm! Come on! hmm Or I can be enthralled far beyond romanticizing the fellowship that, and the friendship and the communion that her and I have 35 years later. So, if I just keep looking back there and thinking, wow, that was hot, I miss what's right in front of me right now. And I can tell you with all my heart, I, 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 would, I would trade all of the romanticizing and the passion and everything of the past for what her and I have in fellowship and in communion and in friendship today. I would, I would trade it all to have this today. I'm talking about us having a relationship that is today. It's it's fun to think back. It's fun to romanticize things, but sometimes that's a fantasy of the past that's just a whisper. It's just a breath. What about today? What about right now? What about in these last days? Acts chapter 2. Would you turn your Bibles with me as I bring about my last scripture of the day, begin to close down my conversation with you. Acts chapter two, Uh, since, uh, thank you, praise God, appreciate that. Since March of 2020, on Wednesday nights, we have been on a Bible study journey together preparing for the Lord's return, and we've gone over many subjects. In being prepared for the Lord's return. And, and oftentimes in that conversation as you speak about end times, especially from the book of Revelation, things can get kind of weird. There's weird stuff in Revelation. There's scary stuff in Revelation. There's foreboding, negative stuff. So sometimes the conversation of end times can be just foreboding. Foreboding. I mean, so much so that some people say, let me die before that happens, Jesus, kind of thing. But we miss out on the one fantastic thing that is going to happen in the end times. I mean, aside from the rapture, that's going to be, it's going to be out of this world, literally. But we lose sight that there's, the Holy Spirit is still waiting to do a last day's thing. Are y'all hearing me? The Holy Spirit is, 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 I believe, in the starting blocks, just waiting for Father to fire off the gun so that the last day's thing can begin to happen. Because I believe with all my heart that the true church is going to be a bastion of God's power. It's going to be a place of His presence and of His life-changing, life-altering Holy Spirit moving in a regular, on a regular basis in the services and in the lives of people even outside of the services. There's a lot of churches out there that have already, they, they, they have all the, 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 the bells and the whistles and, 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 and supposedly have dotted every I, crossed every T, but they're devoid of power. The Bible teaches us that that would be what it is like in the last days, and there's many churches today that are devoid of the actual life-changing power In the last days, God is going to do something with the true church. And he's going to use it as a a platform by which multitudes are going to be rescued from the pits of hell. And it is a last days revival that is going to take place. I don't want to qualify for that last days revival so that Resurrection Life Church can somehow be put on the eternal map. But I want us to be a church that can be poised, positioned, to humbly, potentially, be available for God's practices and God's usage in the last days. I can read a lot of things about the last days and some of the difficult and ominous things that are going to take place, but I'd like to stick on one in particular here of late, Acts chapter 2. Verse 14 through 21. But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, God says. Did you catch it? Yeah. It shall be. In the last days, God says, that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days, what days? The last days pour forth of my spirit. Friends, if there was ever a time for us to have fellowship, relationship, communion, friendship with the Holy Spirit, it is in these last days or we will miss it. And then we might even find ourselves traveling to some faraway church just to figure out what in the world they're doing. Well, I'm not sure that's talking about the real last days. Well, I will grant wonders in the skies above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. Brother, in the last days, in these last days, I don't know when the great and glorious day of the Lord is, but I do know that we're in the last days, and he is going to pour out a revival in the last days and it's not going to be a revival so we can all get caught up in our Pentecostal charismatic chili bump dance it's going to be the Lord and his great grace and his great love for his creation mankind doing everything that he can bring as many as possible into the throne room into the Lamb's book of life into heaven before that great and terrible day of the Lord comes It will be a life-saving, soul-saving revival unlike anything history has ever seen. Are you ready? Oh, it's easy to say yes. But even I wonder, is Resurrection Life Church ready for such a thing? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't even know that I am. Come on, let's be honest. I want Resurrection Life Church to be a church poised not only to usher in the Lord's return, but also to be positioned to be a participant in the last day's revival. I humbly ask, Father, allow this church the opportunity to be a part of your Last Days Movement. Resurrection Life Church was not started because a bunch of men had a bright idea. We need to keep that in mind. There is a calling and a purpose and a destiny for this church that goes far back beyond any of us and possibly even far into the future beyond any of us. What are we doing right now to make sure that God's plan and purposes in this place take place? about to get serious up in here. We're still going to have good music, do good things, have good times, have Pentecostal potlucks! Hallelujah! <laughs> Alright, i got to close. Because that just made me hungry. It's time to go get some chicken. So I wrote in my notes... What will it take? I told Diana I had a great message written, but I didn't have a close. I still don't. <laughs> what will it take? Well, here's what I can surmise. It's going to require people who are sold out for God no, I, I mean sold out for God. I, I mean sold out for God. It's going to require people who are willing to stand for truth even in the face of great peril. The truth that you know, the truth that you believe, to stand for it even in the face of great peril. That's not the average church today, brothers and sisters. The average church today will acquiesce and bow the knee before great peril. Dear God, help us, right? It's going to take a people that are in love with the word, Are you all still doing your tear up your Bible program that we started in the beginning of the year or have you left it by the wayside? We're almost finished. We get to start a brand new something, something just a few weeks. There may be some, not you all, but some who are going, you mean we got to read the Bible again? Because in these last days, it's going to require people that are in love with his word. He's not going to speak to us through a donkey. He's going to speak to us through His Word. His primary venue of conversation with us will not be through a prophet. It'll be through His Word. You better be more in love with what the Word of God says than anything else. And you you better weigh everything against the Word of God. You better be, what's it going to take? It's going to take people that are sold out for God. It's going to take people that are in love with the Word. I can't wait to start again. In fact, I already did. Sorry, I got a head start on you. 83 days ago, I started again while still finishing this one. You know how many cups of coffee that takes? But I'm in love with this word. I'm sold out to God. And then the last thing, is going to take people that are, excuse me, it's not the last thing, second to the last thing, that are radical, hang on, sister, about prayer. Oh, I love the church. I love the word. I love the preaching. Let's let somebody else do the praying I know I'm being straight up with y'all, but I don't want to play church. But it's going to take some people that are sold out to God, that are uh, uh, people willing to stand for truth even in the face of great peril, people that are in love with this word, people that are radical about prayer. It's always a great time of quietness in the church, man. It's going to take people, please don't be offended, any of you all online, but it's going to take people that are tied tight to their church. Those of you who are online, stay tied tight to your church. Don't let this be just a casual thing sitting in your jammies on your recliner while playing a game on your phone just so you can say, I watched church today. I want to honor you for what you're doing and where you're at, but please stay tied tight to your church. What are you going to do if if one day we wake up and the grid is down and the, the power system is down and there's no way to send the video out and you haven't been back to your church and you've lost touch with people? We need each other. Right, I got to quit because I could preach this all day long. <laughs> Not mad. I'm just, I want so much of his spirit. I want more. I want more than church. I want you to want more than church. So number four. Y'all should know the answer to that one. It's funny how the Lord always brings me back there. Keep your nose in the book. See, I don't know a lot of, I don't want, I don't want interesting bullet points on how to have revival. Oh, I'm reading and I'm studying and I'm praying and I'm listening because I want to be as equipped as I possibly can for whatever impossibilities he possibly throws at me. Can't even believe I possibly said that. <laughs> keep your nose in the book, because I do know this, these three things will help us be prepared for his return if people will truly be true about it. Keep your nose in the book. Keep your knees bent to heaven. And keep your body in the house of God. If you can believe it and receive it, would you give the Lord a praise in this place? Bow your heads with me for a moment. Brother Chuck, you and Miss Bev can get ready. I didn't expect to hit the pulpit this morning with... So much severity or seriousness, but the subject matter is severe and serious. What is fellowship with the Holy Spirit? I'm trying to take us on that journey together. And in no way, shape, or manner am I suggesting that it's going to just be a rose garden because he's doing a new thing in this age. And he will pour out his spirit on all flesh, and I desperately want to be a part of that. Do you? Do you? Really? You have something, Jonathan? I can't tell
1: Before we brought the song up here this morning, um, the team was in room the Lord reminded me of a story in their Bible with Mary and Martha, and Martha was busy doing work, and Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. Martha was not happy because she was doing work, and she was mad because Mary chose Jesus. So Martha came to Jesus and said, Lord, I'm doing all of this at work, and Jesus stopped and said, Martha, Mary chose the right thing. I believe the Lord will say to us today, it's good that we do work, but remember to choose the right thing. Yeah. Remember to sit at the feet of Jesus every single day. We live in the world where we can't do without sitting at the feet of Jesus. We sing a song here, the more I seek you, the more I find you, the more I find you, the more I know you. I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against you, breathe. Feel your heart be. Your love is so deep. Yeah. It's more than I can stand. I rest in your peace. It's overwhelming. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being Martha, as long as you have a great sense of Mary sitting at the feet of
0: Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. you. Brother Chuck, come on, send us. You and your beautiful bride, come on, send us out.